Good afternoon, everyone. This is Greg Aiden with Aiden Leadership. And today I've got the pleasure of uh, chatting with Mr. Stephen Crawford of Intera Works, who, by the way, is also a sponsor for today. So before we get to you, Steve, I want to read this to our audience. Intera Works, integrated learning to transition potential into results. At Intera Works, they are redefining productivity and performance. They offer the world's most practical and meaningful performance and development framework. They empower untapped potential in people at all levels by, equip, by equipping them with the purpose, the clarity, freedom, and tools they need to achieve better results. So how the heck did you end up at Interrowork, Stephen? What do you do there? And we're going to talk a, a lot about your story and, and the why of you, but not everyone has had the pleasure of reading your bio on LinkedIn and being introduced by a dear friend of ours, Lori Oswald. But how did you end up in, in TerraWorks and what is what is it like being there today? It's fantastic to answer the last question first. Um, <laughs> I love working with people that have the same heart for service that I do, uh, coupled with fantastic programming. It's it's awesome clients to work with. And I'm at TerraWorks now. We're almost, we're two weeks away from the one year anniversary where I came via acquisition, where I was mm -hmm. a director at McGee Productivity Solutions, which you know was kind of like a sister company. We were sure. same kind of heart, running the same kind of program, so it was a perfect match. So we all came over to IntelliWorks and have spent this year really getting integrated together as a team. Have had a record year of serving mm -hmm. clients, and um, couldn't ask for anything better. It's fantastic. And describe for the audience when when we see director relationship lead. I mean, I, I see it as as sales and development, but what, what does it mean to be the relationship lead at a, at a company focused on productivity with worldwide companies? Great question. So um, as you read there, I wear a lot of hats. So I'm the director. So uh, the consultants relationship leads report to me. So I have a responsibility in leadership and serving Lori on the leadership team and having staff that are direct reports for me. Um, but I'm also a relationship lead myself, which means that I manage accounts. Great. And in managing those accounts, those clients, it's about continuing the relationship with your key contacts there. It's about coordinating all the work and delivery that we do there. Mm -hmm. um, and I also am a delivery consultant. So some of the programs that we mm -hmm. offer, I actually facilitate myself, whether it's best year yet, strategic team planning, team accountability, like more group, big team, impactful, consultative type stuff, sure. or any of our training programs, as well as executive one-on-one -on -one coaching focused on that life works synergy and productivity for the individual. Life works synergy, uh, stay right there. I believe that most of the people who have been in kind of this space, either in it or out of it, but they, there's this buzz phrase that's been going around for probably a decade now, work-life balance. What's your, what's your view on work-life balance? And, and tell, try to convince me that, that you have four eyes and two hearts and four ears, please. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Work-life balance to me is um, something that's unattainable. And the reason I say that is twofold. Number one, it says work-life. So right there, it's implying that you're trying to fit your life into your work. Amen. And it should be the other way around. Work should be part of our life. Mm -hmm. And that's what our programs impact. And then the word balance implies there's equity here. And I think we can all agree, long gone are the days where we work eight hours, we sleep eight hours, we play for eight hours. That's just not the world we live in right now. So I like to think of it as life work synergy. And what's synergistic for me might be different than synergistic for you, Greg, or any of your yes. listeners. And what's synergistic for me today 
might be different than it is for me tomorrow. So a prime example, if I pulled up my calendar right now, you'll see that I had a client call that started at 3 a.m. my time yesterday. Okay, I said yes to that weeks ago. And because I said yes to that, it was on my calendar. I was able to build my synergy in for the rest of the day. I didn't work from three in the morning till 6.30 at night. That's ridiculous. So I took a longer launch to give myself some recovery and I shut it down like at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So I still put in a full work day, but I was able to build in my synergy to support how I was supporting my clients. And in this case, one of my colleagues um, who is a relationship lead for that client, I was actually delivering the work on his behalf. Beautiful. I want to, I'll mention this again later, but I, I, I get so tired of work-life balance and I'm out of balance and he is making me do this. She's making me do this. Referring to their boss or their spouse or God forbid their kids are, are running their lives. But I, I, I giggle, I have a grin on my face because it's so refreshing to hear a, a grown man who's been very successful with an organization that serves global accounts around, around the world understand what it really is all about. It's our life first. And then what we decide to do with our work. And if we get out of balance, look in the mirror. And I'm not, I I call the victim out. You're, you're creating ownership, but we're on the same page. And again, you, what you and Lori and Annie and Kathy and the team are doing at Interworks is, is off the charts. That's one of the things I call out all the time with executive coaching. You know, I'll, I'll hear these executives, this, this really successful woman, really successful man that, you know, are doing great in a role, but they're struggling with stuff. And I hear, I don't have time for dot, dot, <laughs> dot. And usually it's like strategic planning, right? I don't have time for strategic planning. And I call out BS yeah. right there with them. You know, I'm kind of hard nosed like that. I guess that's a jarhead in me, but I'm like, you have 24 hours. That's the same 24 hours I have. It's the same 24 hours Greg has. It's yeah. what you do with that 24 hours that matters and what you prioritize. And if you're not prioritizing the right things, guess what you're doing? You're, you're reactive and you're doing all the small things and you end your day saying, wow, I was so busy, but I didn't accomplish anything that's moving me forward towards my goals and completing my projects. But if you take ownership of that yeah, and you amen. make sure you're prioritizing the things personally and professionally that mean the most, guess what happens? You get more of the right things done and you find you have the capacity to be more and do more for the people you love and serve. Yeah. It's not, it's not that hard. <laughs> it, it it isn't, and again, it, it's 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 like a commercial for Interraworks, and you 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 work there and you live there, so to speak. So yes, it's it's intentional. It, it's it's also interesting. You you brought up calendar. If it, and I've been a I've been a leadership coach and executive consultant for almost nine years now, and it's amazing how many times we don't honor our calendar. In fact, it's amazing how many clients I come up to or the teams and the organization and the people don't, don't even know how to work their calendar. They think their inbox is their to-do list. And uh, again, what you all are doing just in that space to help people understand not only what Outlook is, but the calendar in general. And, but you said it beautifully, when you focus on your priorities, you get more out of the things you said you wanted to accomplish. And therefore you'll have more time to love, serve, elevate those people that you say are most important to you. Again, it's, it, you make it sound so simple, but listeners, it is. Yeah, it is. You just need to hang around the people who have have gotten this figured out, and Interraworks and and the team and, and your clients do. You you say in here that you have mastered the organizational leadership skill, leadership skills critical for success at all levels. 
How have you, how have you accomplished that? How have you uh, mastered these, these organizational skills and especially at all, at, at all levels? So again, take us into your history, if you will. So I've always been that person who got promoted very quickly in my career. And people would ask me, Steve, how is it that you got promoted so quickly all the time? Um, you're not necessarily smarter than anybody else. You're not necessarily more talented than anybody else. It's because I had a vision around learning, always constantly wanting to improve. So for example, when I started in financial services right out of college, my first job was actually a receptionist. They, they put me at the front desk and I was taking payments. And you know, this was before computers. So I was doing post-it notes and you know ledger cards for tracking payments on loans. And while I was in that role, not only did I learn how to do that role to the best of my ability, but I'd watch the loan officers and the processors and see what they were doing. And in my head, I would make decisions while they were making decisions. And I'd make my mistakes in my head and learn in my head. And then when I got promoted to that next level, I wasn't making any rookie mistakes. I already had experience, so to speak, in that role. And I would dominate in that role. And I'd be awesome. And I'd be doing the same thing, watching the next two levels. And that constant thirst for learning and wanting that to be for the purpose of serving the people that I served. In this case, back then, it was the staff that I worked with and the customers that we provided financing for. So having that vision all the time was something that certainly served me in that. And then constantly, you know, anytime I get an opportunity to get with people like you, Greg, you know, that do great coaching and some of your other people in your network that do work similar to ours, anytime you can be around people that are about adding value in people's lives, about learning, about thinking, hey, there might be another way to look at something, being curious, right? We talked a little bit about that before, being curious and creative, empathetic, productive towards your approaches to management and leadership is what makes all the difference in the world. And that's what served me and actually created the heart that I have in here, this big chocolate chip cookie heart um, for the work that I do. And I've been doing now for eight years. Beautiful. And, you know, I love this question and I don't know who, uh, who first asked me, but I like to ask a lot of the guests I have on my show is if you were riding up an elevator with a 12 year old or two 12 year olds, and they look down at your briefcase, which you don't have anymore. It's probably a backpack, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And they said, Hey, big guy, what, what do you do? What, what do you really do and why? And you've got about six floors to share this with Susie and, and, and Bob. What would you tell them? What's your why? What we do is we elevate the human experience at work. And we help people get that life work synergy that we're all looking for while being more productive and get more of the right things done. The why is a bit of a longer story. Um, I, I got into this business eight years ago after spending 20 years roughly as a leader in business process outsourcing. And as I shared before, my career progressed quite a bit. And I ultimately got to the point where I was in charge of global operations, had like 50,000 employees in my charge, billion dollars in revenue. I had reached the pinnacle of my career. And I, for some reason, I wasn't happy. I, di I didn't know why, though. And being a Marine and a guy, you know, my first instinct is gut it out. Stop being a wuss. Like, why are you not happy? You've built exactly what you tried to build. And it was when my father was in hospice and I went out to be with him in his final days. Um, I had time sitting in the room basically by myself, you know, and I just did pros, pro con list old school. What do I love about what I do? What do I not love about what I do? And if I could write a job description void of title and void of money, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. And when I did that exercise, it, it just lit me up because I realized what was missing. 
What was missing was the mentorship and development, the adding value in people's lives. And in my career, I'd always had that because when I was a manager, I had my team. When I was a VP, I had my managers. When I was an SVP, I had my VPs. I was always mentoring and developing people. And I got to such a level that all my time was spent with the board and with the C-level men and women of my client companies. And that's what was missing. I wasn't pouring myself into people. I wasn't doing anything to add value in people's lives. I was just a money-making machine. So it was right there sitting next to my father in hospice that I decided I'm done. And I called up the board that I reported to and said, hey, I'm not going to mess around with FMLA. I'm just letting you know I'm going to resign. I'm, I'm moving on to something else. And they were really gracious. They said, Steve, we understand. Yeah. Um, one condition, we'll accept your resignation. And that is when you decide to get back in the workplace, you'll consider us because we'd love to have you back at any level you want to come at, back at, which That's was awesome. very beautiful. But I went on a search. I said, I want to find a smaller company that I can make a big impact on, help them grow, and serve people every single day and make an impact in their lives. And I found it when I joined McGee Productivity Solutions, and it continues to grow even more now that we're part of Interworks. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, it's it's uh, it's like talking to a mirror. Not 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 everyone on this this listening today knows my story, but at the in 2014, I made the same decision. But in 2011, I was uh, 18,000 feet up a big mountain in Argentina with, ironically, Steve McGee, Sally's former partner. Yeah. And yeah, I made I made a huge decision. And I, I don't know that you've said the word, but every everything you said about your why led to something that you wanted and you had probably before, and it was purpose. Yeah. And I believe today I'm looking at a man who has incredible purpose, not only for himself, but all the people around him. And especially you're aligned with a company that has amazing purpose. And, you know, we'll recap some of the things you said there, too. You, you, you paid me a dear compliment about working with people and adding value in their life. And, and, and I do. And thank you. And I love what I do. And I've also decided that collaboration at the highest form is my joy. So bringing people together who are better than I am at everything that they do, but it, they need somebody like a catalyst to bring it together. So that's why I decided to, to uh, create the leadership development series. And this is part three coming up in February. And again, I want to I want to thank you, Stephen Crawford and Interraworks, uh, who will be a sponsor at the event as well, but for uh, agreeing to to speak. So I'll just kind of segue into this big question I've been dying to ask you. Why did you decide you wanted to participate in the leadership development series and what 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 might be special for an experience with you? Well, thank you, first of all, for the invite. Um, we've got a history with you at Interraworks. So, you know, that is part of it is, you know, there's been great results from that. We've been able to connect with great people. We've been able to support you and you support us. And so there's a history there. But personally, for me, I love standing in front of a room. That's mm. that's a big joy for me. And I love being able to add value. And that you mentioned purpose before. If anybody ever asked me, what is your purpose in life? It's simply to add value to people, no matter what engagement I'm in. If it's the cash register uh, person at the grocery store, if it's a gas attendant, if it's somebody that's in a class that I'm leading, I always go into any kind of engagement with the intention of adding value, whatever that might look like. It might be somebody who just wants me to pray with them. It might just be a kind word and a smile, or it might be executive one-on-one -on -one coaching. Right. So I think I can add value to this series by speaking a little bit about some of the things that we do at Interworks in a way that people can walk away with stuff that they can actually implement right there that can add value for them. 
So that's why I'm excited. And that's why I'm really appreciative of the opportunity to join the leadership series. Beautiful. Thank you, Stephen. And we look forward to having you. And you mentioned something very important to me is TerraWorks has been there for, for me and this, this uh, adventure uh, from the beginning, from, from Thomas early on, and then Lori in April, and then Annie McGee in, uh, in August. So looking forward to having you uh, there with us in, in February. So I want to kind of wrap this, uh, this up by, by asking you if, if you were a young, struggling owner, young, struggling vice president, senior vice president, regardless of title, and you wanted to get help, what kind of questions would you ask, not knowing in TerraWorks and companies like that exist, what, what questions would you be asking? And probably the same question in a different way. What questions do you hear the young and emerging leaders asking you and your organization, Stephen, for help? Well, you know, two different things there, I think, in, in a way. So the question that I think that people should be asking is, what is it that they feel that they're missing? Why, why is it that they feel the way they feel, that they need help? Mm-hmm. And try to identify some areas where they feel like they can raise the bar um, for their own well-being and for whatever their purpose is, right? If you're trying to serve a purpose and you're trying to take care of your well-being, but your job is hitting your head against the wall all day, that's not serving you, right? So really trying to articulate and dig into that would be the questions I'd be asking myself. And then I would ask people that I trust, people in my network, people at church, people in my organization. Um, I would ask around and say, what are the greatest podcasts to, to go to and listen to? I'd try to get advice on getting some direction. And then I would learn about places like Interworks, where there's opportunity for that, or yeah coaches that are out there that do stuff at aiding leadership and you know find those things so the questions create more questions and so you find some help and some solutions um what i'm seeing more from younger people these days is really trying to connect their purpose with an organization's purpose so i think there's been a few articles i know i've read at least two of them that are saying that the newer work generation is really a lot about hey does this company do public service? Do they, you know, have charitable interests? Um, Are they really creating an environment for what they call work-life balance, what I call life-work synergy? Um, Do they really have those things in place? And how do I put myself in that and get the highest and best value of that? And they're they're looking for those types of things. And sometimes they're finding it and sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's an organization that has window dressing around that. Yeah. And then I would challenge them and say, what's the opportunity there? If, if there's an intent in that company to have to have that, but they're not executing on it, maybe you could be a change catalyst. And how would that feel about serving your purpose and not only working for, but creating that environment for the other people in your organization? Boom. You know, you just created an opportunity for yourself to impact people. Beautiful. Yeah, I love the change catalyst and the change management's been around for years. There's there's hundreds of thousands of people in that space. But I believe what you said about the young people today, I love what you said about connecting their purpose with the company's purpose. And is there synergy there? The other thing I I liked what you said about what you're hearing is uh, you'd ask them, what are you missing? Or what's keeping you from getting to where it is you say you want to go? By the way, a lot of a lot of people don't even ask themselves that that own question. Where do I want to go? Well, anywhere is fine. I just want to be busy. I just want to be going somewhere. Slow the F down. Yeah. Where do you really want to go and why? Oh, by the way, purpose, yeah. like, like you did. 
And then trust- Why is the big thing there? Sorry to start to jump in, but the why is the big thing? Because some people think they know where they want to go. And then they get there and they're unhappy. And they're like, well, I did what I wanted to do, but why, why am I not happy? Like my example, yeah, right? I did all the right stuff and here I am and I'm still not happy. Well, it's because where you thought you wanted to go, you didn't slow down and say, why? What do you, yeah. what do you want it to look like when you get there? for yourself, for your well-being, for your purpose, for how you impact people in your lives, right? Um, and if you're not thinking about that, all we're doing is chasing the next promotion, title, dollar signs, whatever, right? Yeah. Freakishly familiar. And yes, uh, it's hard to stop and and ask yourself why when you're, uh, you can't wait to get to the next city and you're in a security line and you're looking around and, and you're thinking, I'm really important. Yeah. <laughs> And then trust your network. I love that. Great advice, young and emerging leaders. Uh, if you have a network, trust it. And what, wh who in there can, can give you some valuable resources. And I just want to kind of uh, recap what, what I took away. Lots of great stuff. Stephen, you're a fantastic uh, guest. And again, thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast and speaking in February. But life works, synergy. Ladies and gentlemen, people, human beings, regardless of how you identify yourself, what is your life all about? What is your purpose? What's your why? And then fit work in it. Mm -hmm. And if someone's telling you otherwise, please look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself again, why are you here? And your vision and your thirst, Stephen, for learning. I just want to, I just want to say it again. That if, if, if your listener, if you're not learning, you know what you're doing, you're going the opposite direction. And learning is helpful to help you stay and, and keep a healthy life as well. It yeah. keeps us fresh. It keeps us alive. And um, your last comment that you'd like to share with the audience, Stephen, and anything you want to say. You know, there, this country specifically, but even in the world, um, there's a lot of disparity. There's a lot of button heads. There's a lot of polarization. There's a lot of, I hate you if you don't agree with me with this and a lot of this. And I think a lot of that comes from people not taking the time to A, align to what their focus is, but B, learn. Yeah. And when I say that, and I raised all my kids this way, if you have a position that you firmly believe in, I want you to be able to argue it from the other point of view. And what it does is it made them do research on the other point of view, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get a little bit of an appreciation, like why some people feel that way. And even though you don't necessarily agree with the, the, the X, Y, or Z, you can appreciate and have empathy for yeah. where, where they're at and why they came there, right? And now you can have dialogue. And if you're still firm on your position, it actually supports your argument because you know more about the, the other side of the argument. Yeah. But at the very least, you're getting an appreciation for somebody else's point of view as opposed to you're wrong if you don't agree with me kind of thing. And I think that the opportunity for us in this country and in this world is for people to start having a little bit more heart and really taking the time to understand other people. And, and you mentioned it, no matter how you identify what your level is, if you're the lowest guy in the company or the highest gal in the company, doesn't matter. We all have that opportunity. And when we stop learning, we're dying. So let's just keep learning. Stephen, thank you. Uh, it's, it's, it's great to feel, not hear, but feel your commitment to helping others grow. And just from, from one guy that's done this a long time and and is learning empathy at a, at a ripe age of 60 years old. And again, Tammy, thank you for helping me on that journey. It's the, the empathy and the compassion and the humility that, in my opinion, makes leaders great leaders. And I'm not saying I'm a great leader. I'm a great dad. I can say that on top of any mountain. But 
um, I'm, I'm learning a ton and that's helping me understand where other people are coming from. So it's fantastic advice. So again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Stephen Crawford with Interraworks. Again, Interraworks, thanks for being there for me. Thanks for being there for our sponsorship of today and, and again, helping us uh, with some dollars in February. So if you took anything away from Steve, remember to fit your work into your life. Ask yourself, why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? And are you happy? Are you more than just satisfied? Are you full of purpose? And if you are, God bless you. And if you aren't, find your way. Ask people, look at your network and, and, and create resources that are there to serve you. I don't know how many times you heard Stephen Crawford say the word serve. Do you think he's soft? Do you think servant leadership is soft? Look at this guy. Not because he is from, from the armed forces. That's not the point. How confident and humble can you be? Stephen, you're a great example of it. So thank you again for being here again. This is Greg Aiden with Aiden Leadership. Go out and, and serve somebody. Ask questions. Find out where they're coming from. Try and understand their point of view. And you, again, like Stephen said, you may not agree, but you'll be more intelligent next time you have to argue the, their, your point. If nothing else, you might look better, but you'll be more educated. So go out and be kind, be considerate, be as comfortable in your own skin as you can and continue to grow and learn. So go on and have a great day and God bless. Thank you.